Hello everybody, hope all is well during this hectic holiday season. This is the Rocker Dog Podcast, the only show on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, etc., etc., that talks to musicians about their canine companions. I'm your host, Tim Dill. Constantly interrupting me is my dog, Charlie. And today we welcome to the show the affable guitarist and songwriter for the American Rejects, Nicholas Wheeler, who is also a producer and proprietor of Wheelhouse Studios in Nashville. And this is his warped tour-loving rocker dog. This is Dexter. Um, he is probably about 16 years old. Um, he's half Boston Terrier, and if all four of the DNA tests I've done are correct, um, he's got a little rat terrier in there, and then something called Super Mutt. I don't know what it is, but it sounds badass. Yeah, I see that often too. The Super <laughs> yeah. Mutt. I wonder. I want. I should Google that to see what actually why they say that on the on those. It's DNA like a, tests. it's like a whole slew of other breeds mixed together. I don't know if there's an actual formula to that, or if Super Mutt is just their cute way of saying he's a whole bunch of other <sighs> yeah. too. We're he's, not really sure what. <laughs> he's he's one percent ten different breeds. Yeah, totally. Did you really do it multiple times, the DNA? I did. I mean, I feel like they've gotten better over the years. I've done three or four of them over the last decade since since having them. The first one I did, they wanted me not only to send in like a, you know, like a slobber sample, but right. also a picture of them, which I thought was kind of cheating because they looked at <laughs> them and they're like, oh, let's go with half Boston Terrier. I was like, well, yeah, you had me send a picture. And I think I think they even said, what do you think he is? Right. I that's so that's funny. <laughs> so here we are 10 years later. I just did the Embark one. That was that 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 seemed the most accurate because not only did I get half Boston Terrier, I got quarter rat terrier in there too. And he's definitely a little rat. So yeah. okay. and take me back 16 years ago. Yeah. What was going on in your life 16 years ago that you sought out this this rescue? You know, I wish I knew him 16 years ago. He was a little stray that was picked up by a rescue in Florida. I lived there for a hot second um, back in 2010 called Aliqua Animal Refuge. And it was one of those things where my band kind of lived, uh, you know, by album cycles, which isn't so much a thing anymore. But, you know, we were we were one of those bands that would take a year to write a record and then you know the majority of another year to record a record and then we would get in a van or eventually a bus and go tour that record for 18 months and then we would just do it all over again so in 2010 i was coming off of one of those album cycles and i was like cool i'm gonna have like at least a year maybe a year and a half off at home i'm gonna get a dog i was living alone um you know it was one of those things where it was the perfect storm i had I, I was living alone. I had time off and I had just gotten out of a long term relationship. So I was like, I'm going to get a dog. <laughs> um, so I went to this I went to this rescue and, you know, I'm always the like play it safe devil's advocate guy. I met Dexter immediately. And, you know, it was one of those things where he was super sweet and he jumped up on the uh, the kennel that they had him in. And he didn't make a sound until I walked away. And I was like, OK, all right, that's the guy. <laughs> Um, but of course I, I, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, I'm the play it safe guy. I'm, like, I'm going to go home and like really consider what this means for me, what this would mean for the animal, et cetera. And I just couldn't stop looking at his face. I took a picture of him. Um, so three days later I call, I'm like, Hey, I think they were calling me the buster or Baxter or something at the time. I was like, Hey, is, is Baxter still there? 
they're like, yeah, but there's a family here looking at them. And they brought their dog to see how they get along. They're like, you can you can come down, but I don't know if he's going to be here. So I just got in my car. I was like, Fuck it. I, just, I just drove. It was like 20 or 30 minutes outside of town because it was like a big like it's like a farm rescue that had horse, horses and pigs and like all kinds of stuff. And I got there and I walked up. I was like, oh, you know, he's he's there in the kennel. Nobody else is around. I'm like, I was like where'd they go? They're like, I don't know. Maybe they left. It's like, sweet. I'll take him. You know, he's he's not a designer dog by any means. So I think he was like yeah. 75 bucks, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and literally that day I was moving from Florida to Los Angeles. So I put him in my car and we spent three or four days on the road together driving across the country. And that was I mean, that was like a bonding experience or <laughs> bonding experience, just seminal time together. Yeah. Um, but I guess to answer your question, when. When I met Dexter, um, he was probably, they told me he was two or three. I feel right. like that's, they always say that. They always kind of guess to me, two or three. The various vets that he saw along the way told me that he was probably on the older end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went off of that. You know, in 2010, I assumed he was three, which would make him, he's about to turn 17 in January. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. He's got the ill fated January 6th birthday, which <laughs> <laughs> will live forevermore. Yeah. Did you have someone right away that you could depend on to watch him? I know oh, you, not at all. I know you just explained the cycles and you might have had, you know, a, a large swath of time, but that wasn't in consideration when you're like, I'm going in to do this now. I can always give it to this person or my parent or this person. Not at all. My family was living in Oklahoma at the time. Like I said, I was in Florida, moving to Los Angeles. I, I had, yeah, and I was living by myself. There was nobody to depend on. Um, I ended up finding you know, a, a boarding place that I liked in Los Angeles um, and also one here in Nashville. Now that he's older, I don't board him so much anymore. But mm-hmm. for the most part, like, you know, I didn't I, when, when I went on tour, I wasn't going to board him for months at a time. Like, yeah, that's that's just not fair to either of us. So. So, yeah, like I said, I, I thought I was going to have all this time off. And Tyson, the singer in our band, and I would go on little riding trips, usually road trips. And I would I would take him with me. I'd pile him in the car and it was a blast. It was great having a you know, having a having a dog there um, while we were working. And then, of course, I loved having him at home. But then <laughs> we got an offer to do the warp Tour that summer, which would have been less than six months after I adopted Dexter. And the timing was right. It, it made sense to do it. And I was like, well, I hope you guys don't mind. I'm bringing a dog with me on the warp Tour, <laughs> which that, that might have been the tour to bring a dog on. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. If you're not familiar warp Tour, it, it's not a thing anymore, but it ran for a good 20 yeah. 25 years of every summer it would be probably a th- at least a three month long tour with just dozens and dozens maybe hundreds of bands um throughout the run of it and it would be an outside festival usually in a hot parking lot somewhere right um you know in some markets it would be a lot more temperate but man warp tour in florida and texas and all those places where it, w- it was pretty miserable but i mean we were outside all day every day and dexter was you know, a young whippersnapper, probably just three or four years old at that point. Yeah. So we honestly had a blast and he loved it. I'd take him to the merch table every day and just plop him in a box of T-shirts because they were soft in yeah. the shade. And it, it, it worked out great. Um, everybody loved him. Um, he got he gets along great with people, not so much other dogs. Maybe that's why that family like 
back in the day when I rescued them took right. off. Maybe they brought their dog and they didn't really get along, but that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I consider myself an only child. Dexter is an only child as well. And that's just fine. But yeah, everybody, everybody loved having him around. I, I was super paranoid that, you know, somebody would leave the bus door open and Dexter would get out, but he didn't seem to, he didn't seem to care about yeah. being anywhere, anywhere that I wasn't. So so long as we were together, he was just fine. And I also didn't want to be that guy that expected other people to help me with them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, could you take my dog for a walk? Like, no, like he was he was my daily routine. You know, yes, on the warp Tour, you never know what time you're going to play. Some mornings we played at, you know, 11 or 12. And then, you know, some days we would be playing as the sunsets. Um, so the day is every every day is different. Every day is exciting. And he loved that. <laughs> um, he, he loved the, the routine of there not really being a routine and just adapting every day on the road. And we, we both really thrived on, uh, on that. Just like every day is different. Every day is a new place with new smells, you know, as far as he's, yeah, concerned. Yeah. you know, not so much anymore. We like being home a little more nowadays, but, uh, yeah. the, the both of us, but yeah, how was, man, like, how was he at the end of that tour? Did he adapt into you know, more of a routine, daily routine once you were home? Um, I mean, probably. I mean, we got, we, we had a bit of separation anxiety at first. Um, I, re- I do remember the one night on that warp tour that I went out with a friend. We had we played earlier in the day. I had a friend come. We were going to go get some dinner in the city because um, th- this was like on the outskirts of town in some parking lot of some fairground somewhere. I think we were in Montreal. Anyway, went into the city on the subway, got some sushi or something, and then I came back and the most Canadian thing you could ever imagine. I come back and there's fireworks and they're synced up to a uh, medley of Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I'm like, I'm freaking out because I'm like, of course, the one night that I leave and leave Dexter in his crate in my bunk, there's fireworks. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) but he was okay. You know, I don't honestly... Those were the days when we did tour so much. I don't really remember the at home in between time. After that mm-hmm. warp tour, um, we finished writing that album in various places, be it, you know, Los Angeles or back in Florida or in, you know, whatever what other, you know, whatever other miscellaneous um, location we might have been in. And then he, you know, then he came with me to Venice, California, where we made the record and he lived with us for six months and came to the studio every day. That's great. Greg Wells made that record. He had a dog, a uh, a golden retriever. Ellie, I think was her name. They actually did get along really well. And it was really fucking cute. I was a little nervous because I, I knew he didn't really. He got along with people better than other dogs. But uh, but they got along really well. And every day, every day, that was that was that was a great energy to have around. Um, that was when we made our fourth record kids in the street. But then after that, we went on tour again and he came on the bus. It was, <laughs> so you know, those were his formative years. And it's because of that, I think, you know, that bonding time we spent on our initial road trip across the country and then just being on a bus and always being around a dozen dudes that I think his most safe and content feeling place is here in my studio, especially right. when I have other people in here working like, When I'm in the house, we're both like we both have some kind of anxious energy, I think. And he's always pacing around and needing to kind of change the scenery. But when we're in here working, he'll just get up on that couch and just sleep until I say, yo, it's time to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Time to punch out. Your work is done here. Uh 
Now, as the studio dog, does he bring out the best in other people? Does he seem to, you know, I can imagine, you know, if you're producing another artist, there's always maybe butterflies or just, you know, red light fever. <laughs> but does, does the dog bring out the best in, in your visitors and your, your collaborators? I like to think so. I, you know, at the, at the very least, everyone loves to walk into a studio and see a dog. Um, yeah. Like I said, Greg had Ellie and then um, I believe her name was Ellie. Sorry, Greg, if I'm getting that wrong. And then before that, we made a record with Eric Valentine and he had a dog as well. And, you know, I, I grew up with the dog. It's just a great energy. And especially when you're away from home, maybe you're traveling. I have a lot of artists that come to Nashville from out of town to work especially if you're away from home, maybe away from your animals, it's always great to walk into a studio and see a dog. It's, yeah. it's a great energy. And it's, that's him grumbling. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that again and again on that show. And I mean, I can relate just on a working atmosphere. I know a lot of offices sometimes have dogs and whenever you walk in and see a dog, it's like, okay, oh yeah, these guys are cool. <laughs> Everybody immediately puts their guard down and feels more comfortable. And I think in this environment, in a studio environment where you have to be creative and you have to try to not be self-conscious or overthink it's 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 a great energy just to immediately disarm anybody who walks through the door yeah yeah that's great now how did dexter come about did you just not go, like what was his original name he was saying it was like baxter or something close buster to that? or baxter buster. and i was like i was like well i don't know how long he's been called that i'm gonna i better call him uh something similar i I always name my animals after TV characters. <laughs> so um, I, it was 2010. I was watching a lot of Dexter at the time. It was perfect. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's got this brindle um, vibe going on. And all of my guitar straps are animal print, fake animal print. But, you know, I remember yeah. my friend who was with me. He goes, he looks like one of your guitar straps. You have to get them. <laughs> That's too funny. Now, he's also a part of Team Underbite who would also include oh, yeah. Phoebe. Yeah. Phoebe was my um, half Boston, half English bulldog. Rescued her uh, in 2014, a few years after Dexter. Unfortunately, I lost her prematurely. Um, she had a brain tumor. And only I only had her for about four years. But yes. um, it's because of Dexter that I found Phoebe, like I said, half Boston Terrier. That was, that was, the, that was the clincher right there. And an underbite and now and now i love english bulldogs too so boston's and bulldogs all day underbites all day i i definitely have a type <laughs> now do they file their teeth down if they have an underbite or is that just the way it is because in photos it looks like they've got level fangs i've i never did that um okay. dexter probably wore his down um he used he used to be a chewer not so much anymore um but um but yeah phoebe kind of came like that her her underbite, she kind of had hippo teeth, like they were just flat on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked. I wasn't sure yeah, if that I, was natural or, you know. I'm I'm not sure. She was she was abandoned and needed to be rescued fast. Um, so I have no idea what her backstory is. I don't know what Dexter's backstory is. I think as far as Dexter's concerned, I think maybe maybe he was like the runt or the, you know, the the one in the litter maybe they didn't care about and he just got out one day because he's he definitely he definitely has no instincts left. Um, I can't imagine him living on the street for more than about two hours. Um, so I, 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 you know, I think he was just picked up 
you know, maybe he got out of somebody's yard or maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody abandoned him. But he was picked up pretty quick, I think, because, um, yeah, like I said, I don't think he survived long otherwise. I, I wouldn't either. I can't camp or do anything outdoors. So we're <laughs> we're the we're the perfect, you know, pair of, you know, indoor dogs here. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did how did Phoebe come to your attention? Were you seeking her out or did the opportunity of like this dog needs rescue and somehow got on your radar? And Yeah. I mean, I was you know, I was living in L.A. at the time um, with my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, we were looking to get a, a second dog. And, you know, like I said, Dexter is fantastic. So we started looking on Pet Finder for Boston Terrier mixes. And, you know, it's one of those things where when 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 you see them, you'll know. And mm-hmm. got an email one night with Phoebe's face and <laughs> yep, like she's the one. And I remember I was I was on the East Coast. I think it was Boston or New York at the time. And Phoebe was in L.A. I was like, I was like, like, we got to get back as soon as we get back. We're not even going home, getting in the car at the airport and driving to to meet Phoebe. And that was that was another case of got there, met Phoebe said, okay, I'm going to think about this for a minute. But that time I didn't even get to the car. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I know how this plays out. Like Phoebe's coming home. So yeah, we got her that day. And and what kind of reception did Dexter give her? You know, I think, like I said, he's kind of an only child. He tolerated her. He was the, he was the older brother that she was obsessed with and wouldn't leave him alone. Dexter is very beta. He's not a he's not the man of the house, I guess you could say. So Phoebe definitely bossed him around and he just let her. Um, I think it was one of those things where she's she's a sweetheart, stubborn, but super sweet. And, you know, we loved her. And so Dexter did, too. But mm-hmm. now that, uh, you know, now that it's just me and him again, um, I think it's just going to stay that way for a while. And he seems to be he seems to be happy and thriving and you know, really doing well, especially considering that he's 16. So yeah, we're just, we're, we're just going to keep things the way they are for a minute. Yeah. Sounds good. Sweet 16. Hell yeah. Uh, another note I took on, on with Phoebe, and maybe this is more your girlfriend's role, but she became a therapy dog and was brought to nursing homes. That was, just that to- was something my, my ex-girlfriend did was actually um, take her to therapy dog training. Yeah, that was really cool. And I got to tag along a couple times to take her around nursing homes and things. And that was amazing. That was actually yeah. a really, a really great experience. And I also took them to agility classes, which was really fun. Dexter was great at it because like I said, he's kind of a beta. So he'll pretty much do whatever you tell him to. He was amazing at it. And Phoebe, even though she was super stubborn, was getting really good at, you know, going through those agility courses and climbing those ramps and, you know, walking across those little, uh, you know, pummel horses or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, Jump, you know, jumping over, jumping over little hurdles. Was that at at a place called the Zoom Room? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I saw the, I saw, I think it was a video you guys put. It it might have been on their account. Um, Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I thought maybe that was a, just a training facility, but that was more of, like you said, a, a agility training or just yeah, agility you know, exercise. They did, obe- you know. they did obedience classes. You know, there was always a Halloween costume contest, stuff like that. Um, the nice. Phoebe actually won one year. She was Belle from Beauty and the Beast. But uh, but yeah, they're mostly like agility training. And that, that was really fun. And it just another really cool like bonding thing to do to do with um, 
to do with Dexter and Phoebe. Yeah. Well, I know these dogs mean a lot to you. I mean, I've got some um, quotes, just uh, particularly Dexter. I know Dexter moved with you six different times. And yeah. it sounds like you might have slept in your studio for a month, you know, with Dexter. Yes. Oh, my side. goodness. Yeah. Our most recent move was across town um, here in Nashville. And it was during COVID. You know, their housing is very hard to come by just because there's so many people moving to Nashville and there's just not enough places for them to live. So the timing of everything of like selling my old house and moving into the new house and moving the studio into storage and then into a new studio and is 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 kind of a nightmare. But now it's it's one of those things that I look back on and I'm like, you know what, that month that my Airbnb lease ran uh, ran out and my new house still wasn't ready to move in. And I had to sleep on the couch in the old studio with Dexter. Like, yeah, that sucked. But like now I look back on it. I'm like, oh, that was a great time. <laughs> Don't want to do it again. But that was fun. <laughs> was he I get the impression, too, he was valuable to you over COVID. I mean, was he just a, a solid oh, absolutely. when you know, a lot of times we were blocked off from the outside world? Absolutely. You know, I do really well on my own and living alone. I, I don't know if I could have cohabitated with anybody, be it a, a, a partner or a roommate or anyone for that matter. But I do think that if I didn't have Dexter to talk to every day, right. I would have gone a little nuts. <laughs> I, I do think it was I was, you know, I was very fortunate and I think it was the perfect setup for that that period. But yeah, I mean. And, you know, I mean, when lockdown happened, um, it was the spring and the weather was gorgeous in Nashville at that time. And so Dexter and I went on a lot of walks outside, went on a lot of hikes. You know, that was shoot. That was almost four years ago now. So, yeah, he would have been like 12, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I would have been aware that, you know, he's a, he was a senior dog. But, you know, he was doing great on hikes. We went on a couple that I didn't know what we were getting into, you know, because it was the first time I really had the opportunity to take advantage of there being nothing to do, nothing to work on. Let's go explore. There's a lot of great right. hiking parts around, uh, hiking spots around Nashville. And a couple of them, I got, we got into it and I was like, man, I'm sorry, dude. I did not know what we were in for. There are rocks, there's waterfalls, but he killed it. He did amazing. He was, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was the one that was thriving during that period. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you've transferred that affection and showed it, with a tattoo on your calf is that dexter that is yeah okay. i've got a i've actually got three dog tattoos um in i want to say it was maybe 2008 2009 it was 2008 i got to go on that show la inc i don't know if you remember that yeah, um, yeah. reality show about kat von d's um tattoo shop in la but i got to go on la inc and had hannah um do a dog portrait of the dog that i grew up with Okay. Um, her name was Chiquita. So my, it was the dog coming out of a banana and it, it was the perfect portrait. Like it was portrait, but like kind of cartoony, but like realistic, but super colorful and fun. Like it was the perfect marriage of tattoo idea, tattoo artist, and then execution. So a couple years later, when I got Dexter, I was like, I got to find Hannah. Like I need to do a Dexter, one of these on my other leg. And she had moved from LA to Chicago at that point. And Tyson and I, uh, this, like, again, uh, the singer of my band, we were on a writing trip in Chicago. I had brought Dexter with me 
And I was like, I got to take a day and go see Hannah so she can do this tattoo. I'll tell you the gross part of the story. <laughs> so I go to get the tattoo. You know, it's like a it's like a three or four hour piece. It's intense because it's the entirety of the, the side of my calf. So, you know, after you get a tattoo, they you know, they put a bunch of goop on it and they wrap it in saran wrap. What you're supposed to do for the first couple of days is, you know, clean it in the shower and then rewrap it. I, I never do that. I've got I've had way too many tattoos to care about doing that. Um, I just don't do that anymore. So, you know, after I took a shower later or whatever, I just got in bed and went to sleep. And Dexter being a Boston Terrier um, or mix, at least, um, he loves to burrow under the covers. So <laughs> so I, as he would normally do, I just let him under the covers. I forgot that I had a gaping wound on my leg at this point. <laughs> so it got extremely infected. His The ink from his entire face fell out. So I had to go back oh my gosh. several months later to get his face redone. And, you know, if you've ever had a tattoo touched up or added to or covered up, it hurts exponentially more than the original <laughs> tattoo. So, so yeah, technically I've got Dexter tattooed twice on my leg. And then the day that I moved to Nashville, um, which would have been five years later, I got a little skull tattoo. Um, it's a skull with an underbite. And I've got that on my ankle to kind of represent Dexter and Phoebe as well. Okay. I think I saw that on your Instagram, but I didn't click on it because I didn't recognize it as a, a dog. But you yep. gotta get you gotta get some good shots of those tattoos and either send them to me or put them up on uh, oh, your definitely. socials for sure. Definitely. Um, so Dexter also appears on your in ear monitors. There was yes. like a little iconography that was yeah. cute. And then were both dogs done as picks? I know Phoebe was a pick, was mm -hmm. a guitar pick. But in in the post, you said now I have two to throw out, but I only saw the one picture of Phoebe. So was Dexter also a pick? Oh yeah, um, and I I still throw those out. I, I you know I I did I did the thing where I got an ink pad and put his paw in it and like <laughs> just got the perfect transfer and sent it to uh, Bert at Intune Guitar Picks that they're who make my uh, make my picks and they they actually figured out how to like shrink it down and like make it look perfect on this pick and um, later on I did actually uh, I was able to have one of them create a like a, a line drawing portrait of Phoebe off of a picture. And so she's got a pick as well. I, I have a bag of those that, you know, I'll have forever. Um, but yeah, the Dexter ones are still in rotation. Those get, those get, those get played every night and thrown out in the crowd. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, I love to hear it. Love to hear it. Well, listen, I end each show with what I call the zoomies and that's five rapid fire questions. That's cute. I like that. The first question is, do you kiss your dogs on the mouth? Oh yeah, of course. It's, I mean, he's 16. It's disgusting, but of course. And I've actually, I, I, I did see a picture. I just saw a picture this morning after, you know, the last couple of days of pouring oh, over yeah. your socials, but we have, somewhere there's a picture of you guys. We have no shame. Yeah. We make, we make out at home and in public all, okay. all over the place. Yeah. By the way, that is the correct answer. This has a right and a wrong answer. That is correct. So you're one for one. The, the second question is if the, any of these dogs had a theme song, what would it be? If like walk up music to the plate or the red carpet music or do, or do they have oh, their own man. custom song? It's funny, you know, um, custom song, man, I, I'm not sure. But what what I do a lot is like whatever, whatever show I'm watching on TV, I just replace the entire melody of the theme song with the dog's name, yes. Dexter or Phoebe. 
Uh, Parks and Recreation had a great one um, for Phoebe. I'm not going to do it because it's obnoxious as all hell, but <laughs> you can you can imagine what it sounds like. But uh, yeah, you, you just replace the melody by just saying their name over and over to that tune. Yeah, I, I know yeah. that trick and employ it often. Uh, question three is another good one for her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> question three started as yeah. a joke, but this might actually have uh, some realism to it since okay. you've been on tour with your dog. But the question usually is if your dog went on tour, what would they insist be on the rider? I'm curious, did you ever have anything on uh, the rider for your dog? Um, I probably had whatever dog food he was eating at the time on the rider. He, he's so low maintenance. It's you, you wouldn't think he was mine because I'm quite the opposite on the road. I, I need my creature comforts. You know, I take my own pillow. I take my coffee rig. For Dexter, honestly, like, oh, he loves those rope toys that uh, yeah. I, I would throw and he would chase them and bring them back. Now, honestly, like, he is such, he is so not a dog. Like, I've tried giving him various things to chew on. You know, his favorite bone that he, you know, that that brand, whatever that was, Um the uh the the yak bones the like yak milk things right yeah um all that stuff he just doesn't care he just <laughs> he just wants his farmer's dog and that's it like that's good yep and then otherwise he just wants to chill and pace around the house or chill on the couch with me like he doesn't want to chew or snack on anything it's yeah. weird yeah oh well, he's getting i mean that's maybe his age he's just yeah mell mellowing out yeah you and me both buddy <laughs> Uh, question four is, do you have a dog? Oh, sorry, those were supposed to be rapid fire. Oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just, I just gabbed on for like five minutes telling you everything he's enjoyed putting in, putting in his mouth. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. So yeah, question four is, do you have a dog voice? Do you speak to him in a dog voice or do you give him a dog voice? Both. I think the voice that I speak to him in, you probably already heard it come out in this podcast, is also his voice. Um, and Chris, um, our drummer also has a Dexter voice that he does, um, that I can't quite replicate. It's, it's his take on Dexter's voice and it's, it's amazing. Um, we actually did a, a video for Pet Finder when we were on the road in 2012 and I had, I had Chris do the voice. It was like a, a day on the road with a day on tour with Dexter or whatever. And I had Chris do the voice. And now years later, I watched it and I was like, that is unintelligible. Now I see <laughs> now I see why they didn't really do much with this video, because like you couldn't understand what the hell he was saying. I could understand because I know what Dexter sounds like, but like <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's another thing. That's another viral video you got to put out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to go find that. That was great. OK, last but not least, is there a dog organization or service you'd like to give a shout out to? Just someone who's done good for dogs. Well, you know, like I said, Pet Finder has always been really good to us. I found Phoebe on Pet Finder, and Dexter was actually a spokesperson for Pet Finder. Um, <laughs> Adopt, don't shop. You know, Aliquot Animal Refuge, where I found Dexter. Like, I, I owe them everything. You know, other than that, just, you know, I'm, I think the things Dexter would want to shout out, he loves his farmer's dog. He's on a, uh, he's on a prescription diet now, so he doesn't get it as often, but... Occasionally, if he starts being a picky eater, I'll throw a little bit in there and he gobbles it right up like this morning. And like I said, he's got a little he's got a little anxiety. He's got some some arthritis and some some uh, some pain in his his joints. So mm -hmm. we're but we're both on CBD now. And uh, a company I just found that I love is uh, Batch CBD. Um, it really seems to do the trick. I mean, I. You know, once I started giving him that, he started taking stairs again. He hikes his leg Great. again. So I think it's working. It's doing something. 
Um, so and fun. the packaging is just really classy. Like you wouldn't think it's for dogs. Like it's, it's a, it's a great brand and I think it's really helping them out. Awesome. I'll have, I'll have to check it out. Patch P A T C H. Oh, batch B A T C H. Okay. Yep. I'll check it out. Bacon, cool. bacon flavored CBD tincture. <laughs> oh, geez. Who, <laughs> who can resist that? <laughs> well, Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on. I tell you, like I said, when I went through your feed, I was like, this is going to be good. I got a lot of stuff and I, I love meeting dog lovers and, you know, musicians. So this was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It's always, it's always fun to talk about this guy. And of course, to talk about Phoebe, I'll talk about her forever too. But yeah, this, this is a lot of fun and, and different than any other interview that I usually do. So, so thanks for your time. I, I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. See you All later. Right. Take care. Bye.